With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk to the people of Louisiana. I know that tomorrow, for many people, is a very difficult anniversary. It is the 16th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. I'm also aware that it's very painful to think about another powerful storm like Hurricane Ida uh, making landfall on that anniversary. Let's head right to New Orleans. NBC's Jay Gray is there. Jay, if you can hear us, good to see you. Jay, good morning. Okay, so looks good like- to talk to you as well and good to get a break from the elements here. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about what you're seeing there. We know the city's in the dark this morning. Any word on how long people might be without power? Yeah, Savannah, I I think it's going to be a wild look. There are a million plus people just in the New Orleans metro area without power. I had a woman in the wake of Hurricane Katrina, I had a woman, I've never really said this in public uh, out loud in front of a lot of cameras, and there's a lot of cameras in this room now. (laughs) But I had a mother to uh, call me because um, her son had a very gruesome task. Her son's charge by the Department of Defense was to process 5,000 bodies that had received a single uh, bullet wound to the head. And uh, these were mostly males. And um, her son was afraid to talk because he had signed a silence uh, agreement. So he only complained to his mother. Um, But the data about these individuals was entered into a Pentagon computer. And then uh, reportedly, um, the bodies were dumped in a swamp in Louisiana. Um, This is uh, as a result of the tragedy of Hurricane Katrina. Now, I have no no, and I have uh, verification from insiders uh, who, who wish to remain anonymous at the Red Cross that this is this is true. I suspect that these were prisoners. I never thought, eleven and a half months ago. I'd be walking down the streets of New Orleans with two thirty-eights in my pocket and a shotgun over my shoulder. It was great. It was like pheasant season in South Dakota. If it moved, oh, you shot it. That's not a pheasant. We're not in South Dakota. What's wrong with this picture? Seemed like it at the time. If you want to call it vigilante, yeah. 
Well, we just no, look out for everybody. You had to do what you had to do. You know, if you had to shoot somebody, you had to shoot somebody. No, we had that's simple. We shot him. They were looters. Don't go into a white woman's home and tell her you're going to take it over. No. No. No, you don't do that. We don't allow that around these parts. No, what happens in other parts of this state, I don't know about. But we don't here, care about. This but in this neighborhood, neighborhood, we take care of our own. You know what? LJ's point is not a pussy community. They're riding down the street. You loot, we shoot. I was down the street, and they said, where you from? Where you at? Turn around, turn around. I said, hold on. I live right here in the next block. Turn around, turn around. What about them lies, man? What about them people, man? What about them people, man? What about, what about this, man? What about... Excuse me, bro. In August of 05, that's when the hurricane came. 1,836 lives was claimed. Let's get down to the bottom, like who really was to blame? They say 90% was man, the other 10 was rain. We looking all around like this shit kind of strange. Why the waters keep rising and it's no more rain. Fright gripping the hearts. People starting to panic. No food, no water. How we gonna manage? Just when I thought it couldn't get much worse, I was shot in cold blood by some racist vigilantes. Wish I had on myself, I'm feeling like a crash dummy without a seatbelt. Meaning I wasn't strapped in and I'm surrounded by these white devils hunting black men. So a shotgun blast, I was lifted off my feet and I fell on my ass. My vision blurry, hearing shots all around, and the last thing I heard was that black nigga down. Now he's approaching with the gauge in his hand, or trying to finish what he started, but God had a different plan. Through it all and with all of the frustration, never thought I'd be at gunpoint facing assassination by some bloody hands that was racist. You know, I think about, uh, I'm still kind of traumatized from that. I think that goes for many of us. Still traumatized from 2005. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast. Hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Monday, August 30, 2021. So I have been told uh, rest in peace Renoko Rashidi no member cows listeners big fans of his work uh, he was not a guest on the cows program I know we had several folks who uh, had hoped we could get him on uh, this is over the years but he was never a guest on the cows but I know many folks were uh, really appreciative of his use of his time and energy uh, towards solving the problem he passed away uh, earlier this month make sure we got that in as well Again, context of white supremacy, Gusty Renegade. Uh, I guess even before we move into the broadcast specifically, uh, just take a moment, thoughts and prayers to all of the folks in the Louisiana area, Gulf Coast area, path of 
Ida, non-white people, victims of white supremacy. It has been a rough 2021 that is putting it very mildly. Uh, hopefully you all are doing as much as you can to stay safe. Hopefully you were able to exit. If you were in one of the areas, the path of the storm and destruction, hopefully you were able to get to a safer location uh, and have just been able to kind of wait things out. And I know they're without power right now and are telling folks who evacuated to not return because there's no power and there's no water and lots of other problems. Uh, So definitely thoughts and prayers to folks in the Louisiana Gulf Coast region system of white supremacy provides lots of problems lots of reasons not to help victims frequently in these type of situations that's why we're doing this broadcast today uh man oh man uh before i get to specifics uh just to point out what we heard in the audio segment then we can get into more detail the audio segment that we started off with uh the use of the term anniversary uh, I think I read a report. We had Irie, one of our investors, longtime listener. She uh, is a resident in the Louisiana areas, I believe, New Orleans specifically. She talked about how she evacuated. Thank goodness. Uh, but she also said she had other friends and family members who did not. They are without power and water now for who knows how long they already said that in advance. Who knows? No timetable could be weeks, could be months. That's what it was in Katrina for some people. Uh, but she reminded us like hey the the big hurricane is looking like it's going to be coming towards this direction and you know reminding us of hurricane katrina and many many media outlets individuals classified as white have been referring to hurricane ida the current storm and how it reached landfall in louisiana on the anniversary 16 year anniversary of hurricane katrina and i said saturday pretty immediately This is not an anniversary. In fact, when I went back, because I said, I believe this past weekend, the compensatory call in the cows, some of our signature work is on Hurricane Katrina, the levee failure, the white terrorism that surrounded everything about that event and afterwards. Uh, But I went back and I read I did a review of Ronnie Green's book, Shots on the Bridge. I don't know if folks remember that when that was when two black families Uh, The police opened fire uh, and just started shooting black people indiscriminately, killed uh, at least two people, wounded several others. Black mom had to have her arm amputated. They were all unarmed, no criminal record. They were not looting. They were citizens who were hunkering down for safety and shelter in the midst of all of this and just trying to reunite with their families, see if they could get to higher ground, gunned down on the bridge. And then the enforcement officials lied about what they did. Ronnie Green's book suspected race soldier, but I went back to read even Ronnie Green's book. When we were doing our coverage of Katrina, we did lots over the years, but we did a lot of coverage in 2015. That was 10 years from Katrina. Even then it was a lot of anniversary, the 10 year anniversary. This is not in any way an anniversary and I suspect because even myself it took a little bit of time for me to remember all of the details the terrorism of 2005 August 2005 Uh, going back and remembering looking at the details 
it would be immediately apparent. You can even think of it in other contexts with things that are tragedies. Do they use the term anniversary or is it just marking 10 years, marking five years, marking 15 years? You have wedding anniversaries, that type of thing. You have 10 year anniversary of this business being up. That's what these are celebratory events. Let's get champagne and confetti and all the rest of it. This is, you know, somber occasion lost ancestors that type of thing lost relatives um, the so we got the, the stuff that we heard at the beginning we heard Governor Edwards that wanted to make sure that was clear as well that was not just some toothless white person on the corner who kept saying anniversary 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 that was Governor Edwards talking to the citizens before the storm hit uh, this past weekend uh, then we heard the segment from Welcome to New Orleans, which is a documentary film. Actually, even before we heard that, we heard six term Congresswoman Cynthia McKinney. Now, I don't know if people remember that tidbit from before. Talk about anniversary. Cynthia McKinney said that she had someone come talk to her and say that, you know, hey, my son said that he signed a non uh, confidential non-disclosure agreement, basically. And that he had participated in, you know, having to dispose of 5,000 bodies, mostly black males. One shot to the head. She thought they were prisoners. Now, I remember this got some attention, not a whole lot. Cynthia McKinney uh, was the Green Party candidate for president as well. Not someone who is known for like outright confabulation. Just come out and make up crazy conspiracy theories and just talk. I get six time congresswoman and Green Party presidential candidate. Three time guest on the cows as well. If you want to add that in there, Cynthia McKinney. We asked her about that on the program. We could have went back and got the snippet when we asked her about that I think that was the, her either second or third visit when we were able to ask her about this um, but she's like I said she's not someone who just oh I saw this you know on the bathroom stall so I thought I'd come out and repeat it for the entire world she doesn't strike me as that type of person so that was Cynthia McKinney then we heard the documentary film Welcome to New Orleans uh, where you heard, and that was literally at a picnic. That documentary is on YouTube. You can check it out probably on Netflix by now if you need some viewing material. Uh, but documentary, they talked to lots of folk, Malik Rahim, lots of other New Orleanians, uh, but they talked to this group of white people. They're literally having a barbecue. Talk about picnic. They are literally having a barbecue and bragging about, yeah, we shot them. We don't have, you don't go in a white woman's house here. I mean, you can just fill in the blanks from there like, okay, I've heard this rhetoric many, many years. We've got raping nigga. They were already saying that raping babies and everything. Got it. Got it. Go out and kill some black people. And who cares? Because it's just looters. That's welcome to New Orleans. And then we heard Darnell Harrington. Uh, Now, that was from uh, Spike Lee. He did two films on Katrina the storm and then the recovery uh, when the levees broke and so important because so many people have referenced 2005 as hurricane Katrina, hurricane Katrina, hurricane Katrina. That was not the problem. The problem was the levee failure. Hurricane Katrina really did not do, uh, do new Orleans in for lack of a better word in 2005. It was the levee failure that caused 
so many problems uh, and their ineptitude, incompetence, whatever you want, however you want to brand it. But that was major. And in fact, that was why Spike Lee titled uh, the first documentary when the levees broke to make sure that your attention is not on Katrina. Your attention is on the levee failure. And he even includes, I had to go back and watch. Speaking of conspiracy theories, Cynthia McKinney, 5,000 bodies, mostly black males. Then Spike Lee did include there were lots of black people who said that those levees were blown some sort of explosive device in 2005. That was never my opinion, but there was lots of white supremacy so much that to me it almost became irrelevant if they blew the levees because there was so much other white supremacy racism around the event eh? you got that one you don't got that one you did a, you, you did more than enough that would just be you know number 5204 incident of racism white supremacy for New Orleans in this period of time so not that I put it past them but just I didn't see a whole lot of evidence of that but it's totally irrelevant because it was so much white terrorism uh, let's see. Not totally irrelevant, but you get it. Hopefully. Uh, let's see. The Darnell Harrington, he, he was in when the levees broke blackmail talking about being shot again. He was not a looter. He was not a criminal. Uh, he was not out raping white women or babies. Trying to get to safety Crescent City Bridge. I can. Even, we did so much material. Some of this, it just it took me going back and looking at the cows archive. When I say the cows did signature work on uh, Hurricane Katrina, the levee failure, everything around the events of 2005, like I couldn't even name everything right now. The short list, June Cross, black female. She worked with PBS. She did a great documentary film, The Old Man in the Storm. Uh, about black victims of racism being mistreated and their rebuilding effort. Gary Rivlin, white man, journalist for the New York Times. He covered uh, the hurricane and subsequent events for the New York Times and then wrote a book, Katrina After the Flood. We double dipped. We read the book in the book club. I narrated that. And then we had Gary Rivlin as a guest on the program. We almost never do that. Have someone as have the author as a guest and do their book in the book club. But for Katrina After the Flood, we did. Uh, A.C. Thompson, so important. His article is the artwork for this program. He used the term white vigilante violence. I don't use the term uh, vigilante. It would be white terrorism. They want to talk about Afghanistan and the airport bombing and all of that. Terrorism, the experts globally on terrorism classified as white. But A.C. Thompson, he wrote a piece in The Nation. Uh, if, excuse me, if it moved you shot it now even that language if it not he not she not a person if it moved and was black you shot it white vigilante violence after Katrina we had Mr. A.C. Thompson as a guest on the program and this is like a low-key brag nothing to brag about on a flooded plantation we had A.C. Thompson as a guest on the program in 2009 one of the very first programs that we did once we got back on the air, AC Thompson, white terrorism in new Orleans. And in conjunction with that piece, which is an article, the documentary film law and disorder is on PBS. It, I think AC Thompson is in that film and they talk about most of the cases that he discussed in that uh, article for the nation. You should definitely view that documentary if you have some extra time and, missed some of these programs or are not a buff on Hurricane Katrina, which in my view 
every black person victim of racism. If you're a Louisiana resident, you should be an expert on Hurricane Katrina, the levee failure, all of that correct words, all of that. Really, if you're a black person in the continental U.S., if you live through it, you were there watching and Kanye West, George Bush doesn't care about black people and all the rest of it. You should be an expert on Hurricane Katrina. I know who Ray Negan is, did a school project on him and everything. Got all that like expert on Hurricane Katrina. That's it. Uh, so we had AC Thompson. We had Anitra Brown, black female uh, editor at the New Orleans Tribune, black newspaper uh, in Louisiana, New Orleans specifically, they had a lot of great material, even archived. You can go read it now uh, on Hurricane Katrina, the recovery effort, the police shootings, everything, all the racism, the school takeover, the destruction of public housing. Lots of great information uh, in her book. I think Gary Rivlin even goes to interview, speak with some of the folks at the New Orleans Tribune for his book as well. Uh, let's see. We had Gavin S. Johnson. I didn't even remember Gavin S. Johnson, Katrina's prisoners. This is a white man who worked uh, at at one of the prison facilities that got flooded. So he was stuck in this flooded prison. I forgot for like a week or something with his father and all these inmates. And matter of fact, let me give you one paragraph from his book. Uh, Let's see. He says they all started yelling, talking about the inmates and chattering and asking all kinds of questions. I couldn't understand. I finished passing meds on the tier And then I had to go down to the seventh floor since that's where we keep some of the chronic psychiatric inmates. Those people are schizophrenics, bipolars, psychotics, or otherwise seriously mentally ill. Some are homeless and others have families but have been disowned. It's pretty sad to see and I try to do what I can for them. Most of them are arrested for penny any stuff like obstruction of a public sidewalk, trespassing, sleeping in a public park, public drunkenness, sobriety would be best, and things of the nature. The laws in New Orleans are capriciously enforced, and those people are easy targets. Those people. At least 90% of them are African American, and many have a history of alcohol or drug abuse. It is common. It is a common occurrence that in the city, if you're a black male and look a certain way, getting arrested or it is a common experience that in the city, if you're a black male and look a certain way, you can be getting arrested numerous times. It's sad. I feel like I heard that before. Sad. Hmm. Uh, black male privilege. Uh, but that's from Gavin S. Johnson's book, Katrina's Prisoners, White Man. He was a guest on the program in 2015. We have many others. Can't go through all that now, but signature coverage on Hurricane Katrina, context of white supremacy. Just check out the archives. Um, before I get into some of the details uh, about why I felt it was important to do the program, what I think people should have in mind. Uh, while all of this is going to be major news over the next probably months uh, for as they're doing the cleanup and people are trying to return and damage assessment and all the rest of it. Mental health. Uh, there were so many people in 2005, uh, even in 2015, where they were going back in tacky. What did it say? Reminiscing, recalling the devastation and what happened. Tell us about how you lost your whole family in the floodwaters type of a thing. Talking about their PTSD was triggered and how they had not recovered really from 2005 and 
you know, just trying as best they can to get through things. So mental health, it's already been an extraordinarily stressful, anxious year, really two years for many, many people, especially non-white people all over the world. Uh, I would be very mindful, especially I have not been in front of the TV, but I mean, I have been checking the news about these events. I haven't really seen uh, like a flood of images of suffering black people or black people on rooftops or anything uh, like what we saw in 2005 in great numbers. Uh, But be very mindful uh, of the coverage uh, and how it's impacting you. Uh, We've already had a lot. I certainly think it's important to be aware of what's taking place, but the same way I don't you know, feel obligated to watch every police encounter or other body cam footage or what have you. Uh, just be mindful of, you know, not over not overstimulating yourself with negative content or content that is, like I said, just showing black people suffering, being violated, harm, talk bad about uh, that can have a, a detrimental impact. Uh, so just be mindful of your intake and informed. Uh, let's see. Um, mental health, super, uh, super important. Um, I guess I'll go right with anniversary and kind of going down the list on things that came to mind uh, over the past few days or so in the midst of Hurricane Ida and all of the recollections around Hurricane Katrina. Uh, I talked about the term anniversary. I said at first, I said, hey, you know, it's incorrect. This is not an anniversary. Anniversaries tend to be celebratory. Nothing to celebrate here. That Welcome to New Orleans segment where they bragged about killing black people. A.C. Thompson in his piece, he was a guest on the cows. He said, hey, there were white people who did not live in the state of Louisiana. Who drove, flew, whatever they needed to do to come down to a flooded city with toxic flood water, no electricity, roving bandits. They chose that time. Let's go to the city and hunt niggers. They had uh, international security forces, mostly white armed to protect white property and white people at that time. Uh, Police shootings of black people. I just talked about Ronnie Green's book shots on the bridge, like the carnage. It was extraordinary. In fact, that's one of the first points in Gary Rivlin's book. Uh, that he had to pass an army checkpoint as he left his plantation. He starts saying uh, that there were no hotels, so they went and stayed in a plantation. Slavery and all. Mm -hmm. And then went to go do this reporting, but they would have to go through military checkpoints to get to certain parts of the city, and I think it's going to be the exact same way now in terms of a lockdown area, New Orleans specifically, maybe some of the other areas as well, uh, because they've already said that I think the entire city of New Orleans, no electricity. And I think they said even some of the portions of Southeast Louisiana on the whole are without uh, electricity. Some areas, no electricity, no water, no timetable for when any of these services will be uh, restarted. That being the case, I would expect military personnel, armed white men, badge or no, like really dangerous environments to be in. That was what I kept saying. Going back, you know, looking at the material over Hurricane Katrina, dangerous armed white men, armed white men, armed white men, lots of armed white men, probably lots of armed people, period. But particular armed white men. And in this context where so many white people have went, bought new guns, 
the Rona and all that, this pandemic, people acting crazy. I got to defend my family, defend the castle. You have got lots of new gun owners. First time gun owners might have what they call a itchy trigger. Let's see. But I was all that to say, hey, you heard the white people, white men, white women bragging about shooting and killing black people uh, in Welcome to New Orleans. Maybe they were using the correct term. Maybe this is an anniversary. Maybe this is, hey, maybe we'll get some of the same opportunities we had last time. No electricity. Ooh. Curfew in place. Saw that. Ooh. Wouldn't take much in that environment. Like I said, they'll probably have military personnel uh, there to secure and, you know, work on clearing debris and all the other thing. I think they did say that some of the levees did get topped, although it doesn't look like the same sort of apocalyptic flooding as what they had last time. It does look some areas did have uh, s- some flooding, at least at some level. All this is really new and, and uh, being refreshed as we speak. So but at least before we went live, that's what it looked like. So I would not where I would be surprised if they do not have armed services there in a very heavy way, especially as the week continues. Um, so the word anniversary and then the violence uh, in it, at least with me, words being so important, this was not an anniversary. And it, as I said before, the problem wasn't really Hurricane Katrina. And if we're talking about black people specifically, like Katrina was the, the least of our worries. Uh, the levy failure, that would be a major one. Have to depend on white people to build correct structures and set up an environment to keep us safe. And then the violence directly from white people. And I mentioned tons of them. The fact that that is not a part of the dominant narrative, that it's just, oh, man, the flood and man, the levees failed and hope they no. The danger of white people uh, at that time period cannot be understated. Um, I would encourage folks. I know we talked to uh, I, I just mentioned Irish. She said that she had some friends, family members who stayed back, just not having the resources and the means to move or to, you know, exit, evacuate, as they call it, or not having other folks that you could go and stay with. Let me crash here for a week until things settle down, not having those sort of resources. And that's a problem for a number of victims in the Louisiana area can be costly to have to get up and evacuate two, three times uh, in a calendar year might have to go really far. If you don't have relatives can be difficult. That's something to consider, not the, the expense or difficulty of evacuating, but something to consider if we are stuck here, there's a flood hurt, whatever the natural event is. What are we going to do to stay safe from race soldiers? We should have saw, in fact, we should be experts on Hurricane Katrina 2005. So we know what happened. Then we read AC Thompson's report. We watched welcome to new Orleans. We saw law and disorder on PBS. We got it all. You know, we read Katrina after the flood dangerous hunting black people. Wow. We don't even have a count. And I mean, any sort of environment where it's pretty widely acknowledged. We don't really have an accurate count, much like Tulsa, Oklahoma. We don't really have an accurate count for how many deaths there were associated with the hurricane and all that. We don't really have an accurate tally. Any sort of environment like that. Wow. As a black person, you could be killed like nothing. And they have tons of not one 
or two, they have tons of reports, not of black people drowning. And I mean, you did have a lot of that, too, and heat exhaustion and all the rest. But I mean, they had tons of reports of hmm, black person dies and their skull has been taken. Corpse remains set on fire. Hmm. Lots of cases where black people seem to even Donnell Harrington didn't die. You heard him. He was talking about his experiences in both of Spike Lee's documentaries. But when he's there, he was talking. He said, man, like I could have died like they shot me with a shotgun, hit my jugular vein. I could have died. And he said it took a while for them to arrest the culprits. And he said once they did, I was just pleased because it felt like my not black lives matter, just the opposite. It felt like my life didn't matter at all. Someone was going to kill me or someone. It was two people, I believe, who shot Mr. Harrington. And he said, you know, I could have been killed. Yeah, it was two people. He said, I could have been killed. And it just seemed like to the local police, yeah, one less looter. One less baby raper. Man, I just, you know, I felt like my life didn't matter. That's the system of white supremacy. That's exactly how we are supposed to feel. That's why I said, watch your mental health, because that feeling can seep in when you keep seeing images. First, it's Haiti and then George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or whoever the victim is for the month. And then, oh, we get to go back to New Orleans and they might even do a double whammy. We show you what the devastation from 2005 and then come back and show you this time around. So watch your mental health, what you're exposed to. If you feel like you might have seen enough of that content for a day or a week or a month or a life, no problem. Turn it off. Keep on moving. Anywho, uh, it's so easy in those type of environments for black, a black person or even groups of black people uh, to be killed or anything to happen. Like I said, I think a lot of people just dismissed Cynthia McKinney out of hand like what is she talking about she's always making up goofiness remember she was talking about goofiness with 9-11 and all this other stuff get out of here talking you know lame why did they let you even join congress in georgia that sort of thing and it's like wait a minute that you're right they don't just let anybody join congress i thought I, I thought that was the case maybe she knows something that we don't know all still learning like these are really day and even just think about this think of wherever you are in the world imagine they come to you right now and say hey it's not going to be any electricity here for we don't know could be weeks and no running water can you imagine and given everything that's happened this year they're shooting over toilet paper shooting over corn dogs shooting because you took my parking place no electricity that's going to greatly compromise security systems I'm sure no water for an indefinite period of time and they said in certain parts of uh, New Orleans, Louisiana they canceled 911 EMS services roads too dangerous to travel some areas do have a little bit of flooding no electricity can't even provide 911 service I'm submitting that is an extraordinarily dangerous environment within an environment that was already incredibly dangerous. They just said here in Seattle, 
no hurricane. We got lots of electricity and coffee and vaccines, too, I guess. They had a flurry of shootings over the weekend, two casualties. I said I was present for a shooting just earlier this week and two here this calendar year. They've been saying that across the country that it's been a rise in shootings and all this violence. I can't even imagine a city with, they said, I believe it was 600,000 people, no power. It's almost 8 p.m. in New Orleans, so I'm sure it's getting dark if it's not dark already. It's dark. You've had the Rona, the shutdowns, all the rest of it. I cannot calculate the danger. That is the sort of environment I would expect race soldiers. Ooh. Exactly what they did in 2005. Ooh. Let's go wrestle up some niggers. Might be race soldiers with a badge. Might be beige or race soldiers without a badge. Same way we say it is normal. Military presence too cannot <clears throat> discount that at all for the city. Um, the schools closing. I saw that there's so much. I don't know if symmetry is the correct word, but I mean, wow. Uh, <clears throat> in 2005, the New Orleans school district was in the process. White people were going to take it over state level. You niggers are corrupt and messing things up. Same thing. They type of thing in Atlanta. You all are cheating and all the rest of it. So we're going to take over the school board. Hurricane Katrina happens. They get to accelerate the process. I believe they fired all those black educators totally replace the school system, completely different set of teachers and administrators and all of that. We taught all, a lot of that detail is in uh, Katrina after the flood, Gary Rivlin's book and some of the other texts, but that's 2005. And I mean, talk about trauma to the children. <clears throat> I cannot emphasize that enough. There was so much literature studies talking about children who were <clears throat> 15, 16, 17, or even younger at the time, 2005, and what that was like for them to experience that. This is at the beginning of the school year, just like now, as opposed to you're planning for whatever, you know, you're a senior or freshman starting out high school. All of that is canceled. And I have no idea if, when I will ever return to this school or even see my friends. Got picked up and sent off to Houston or Utah, or California, or whatever. And then some of them, they were talking about how Ugh, the New Orleans gang, Ugh. get away from me you're raping babies looters looters imagine being twit that's your school experience and I don't even know anybody here I'm not even with my friends I got five of them we're the New Orleans gang the baby raping gang talk about I've not gotten over trauma so they talked about that with the New Orleans 2005 group and how that you know impacted their lives mental health and all the for the children right now, they already got that on the front page. New Orleans Times school is canceled. No idea when that's going to be opened back up. Now, again, in that for black and in this environment, we just had a year of school disruptions. And is it going to be virtual? Is it in person? Are we going to wear masks Is it vaccine and all the rest of it? And now eh, scrap all that. No idea when we're doing school. Get a life vest. Be safe. invariably the people that suffer the most in those environments, victims of white supremacy, black children, like wow. And even for the parents, I can't mean you talk about trauma and generational trauma. Imagine being a parent. Now you live through this. Uh, 
2005, you know, however you old you were, if you were younger, if you were a child then, or if you were a younger adult, whatever. And now being a, oh, mental health. Uh, within the school closing uh, component and the purging, such an important word. I talked about the purging of black educators. Uh, black administrators uh, with the New Orleans uh, school system. Matter of fact, uh, the New Orleans Tribune did really good reporting on that as well. We had Anitra Brown on the program twice. Uh, But along with that purge, New Orleans lost about 100,000, 125,000 residents who never returned all by design in terms of policy and procedure. Uh, A lot of people uh, did not agree with Gusty, right? There were a number of people, New Orleans residents included, who said, hey, they bombed some of these levies in 2005. That might be the case. Whether they instigated, started, or just, ooh, this happened. Let's see how we can take advantage and strengthen our system. Race soldiers tend to do an extraordinarily efficient job. Whatever objectives, if they have projects that they want to get done in a city, when you have an event like this where you hey, we're going to get the start over anyway. We'll probably get federal funding dollars if it's new projects. If we need, if we needed an excuse to tear down anything, now is the time. Purging black people tends to be a major project when they have events like this. They even purged Ray Megan, New Orleans, from 2005. I think New Orleans had not had a white mayor in about a quarter century. From 2000, I think it had been almost like 1970 since they had a white mayor. Mitch Landrew, Ray Nagin goes to jail and they get Mitch Landrew within five years of Hurricane Katrina. That's the type of thing where you can purge 100,000 black residents, 125,000 black. Really, who knows? But large chunks of the population, you can racially dislocate them and do things that you want to do. Have a totally different city. Could be another opportunity. And I cannot stress enough Louisiana is one of those states like I believe Florida uh, that fits in that kind of what they call it black belt region Sun Belt region where they have reported having very high COVID-19 numbers uh, for the past really since it started this has been one of the areas that they've said has been a hot spot the New Orleans I keep saying New Orleans Tribune black journalism very important Anitra Brown she was a guest on our program twice uh, they have a report this is just from earlier this summer with the surge, this is before the uh, Hurricane Ida, with the surge in COVID-19 cases among the unvaccinated Negroes, Governor Edwards encourages all Louisianans to take precautions. As COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, and deaths continue to surge among unvaccinated Louisianans, Governor John Bell Edwards is calling upon all Louisianans to take action to slow the spread of COVID-19 in the state by getting their vaccine if they have not yet done so or by helping their family, friends, family, friends and neighbors get the shot between February and July of 2021. Unvaccinated people in Louisiana were 20 times more likely to become ill with COVID-19. If you have not taken one of the COVID-19 vaccines and you're 12 or older, it's time to run, not walk to one of the more than 1400 locations where they are readily available. I think this is going to greatly impact uh, a lot about in terms of the perception of the storm. Remember last time people 
in many parts of the globe were open and oh yes the Katrina looters yes they can come stay here and getting them a house and that sort of thing I am not sure how people will feel uh, this time around uh, about any of that with oh my goodness are they unvaccinated I don't want the unvaccinated looters here like you have to deal with that on your I just I think the COVID-19 is going to have a huge impact on how this is talked about how the so-called recovery uh, within all of this they said they had whole hospitals where the generators failed and they had to move like nearly 200 patients uh, where they're saying this is, you know, because they had so many uh, surge in patients because of COVID-19 uh, infections and what have you like. Wow. Uh, I just could see things being extremely chaotic, extremely confusing, and that just being further justification to not have sympathy uh, for black people. Like I said, uh, I have not seen images of black people suffering with Hurricane uh, Ida the way that they showed in 2005. Uh, so it might be that, hey, we don't have that this time around. They had lots of white victims in 2005. That wasn't the thrust of the co- coverage, especially when they got to talking about looting and baby raping and that sort of thing. So we'll have to see this time with the T. I guess people can you know share a thought on that. If you have been watching CNN Fox News is this even being talked about I guess that's that's something even ponder as well I don't know if this is going to get the same type of coverage as 2005 uh, because there's so many things happening the pandemic is happening and Afghanistan I think I was posting content about this earlier and somebody was like oh it's so convenient for old Joe Biden to have people not focus on his failures in Afghanistan and have to turn to this nonsense or didn't say nonsense have to turn to this in New Orleans but it was very kind of minimizing what's taking place in Louisiana to focus on foreign matters. I think that's incorrect. I think they, the saying I believe is charity begins at home. I think that's what they say. We're supposed to be the word they've been using, pulling out, withdrawing from that area of the world. Why would we not be concerned with what's happening right here? We could drive to Louisiana. I don't know where Kabul is. I would need a map. Probably some help. I've been to Louisiana. I've been in New Orleans specifically, repeatedly. Another reason why I was kind of thinking on this heavily uh, over the weekend, in addition to us having cows listeners uh, in that area of the world, Brittany, other folks, longtime listeners, uh, some of them hoping that they are, are safe and taking care of themselves but, and getting out of there. That man, I had said just having been someone who has been to Louisiana specifically, I've been in the city of New Orleans on the day when they have evacuated that city because of a hurricane. I just based on that experience and my research of what's happened, I said I would never want to live there. I wouldn't want to be anywhere where you have to pack up and run for your life once every year or once every five years. Any of that. I'm not interested in that at all. Uh, might not be running that fast or might have a, a toe injury or something, might not have my shoes laced up in time. And I'm good on all of that. Uh, and even if you run, it might uh, your house might be gone when you get back. It's floated away or the wind has blown it all to smithereens like I'm good on all of that. Then you have to think on top of that, like, oh, wait a minute. It's not even safe to hunker down because if it ends up being like a, a lawless martial law even they didn't uh, did not declare martial law in 2005 but when you have those sort of environments where everything has broke down there's no structure no 911 to call no lights even like oh my god like you when they say Mr. Fuller 
white people can show you better than I can tell you what white supremacy racism is. That's the type of environment where, oh, yeah, you can find out real quick. What does white supremacy racism mean? What does it mean to be white? Ask Mr. Darnell Harrington. Malik Rahim as well. He wasn't a guest on the program, but he experienced the same thing. He lived in Algiers uh, in uh, Louisiana, Algiers Point, specific neighborhood there. I guess they don't have a whole lot of uh, black residents, maybe sundown townish. I don't know. Uh, but he said he experienced the same thing, just going outside and having guns pointed at him. So that that's been the experience for lots of folks throughout this pandemic and what have you people having firearms and feeling you know Clint Eastwood I gotta go out and threaten somebody looks like you're breaking in the mailbox or doing something else trying to steal my toilet paper (sighs) dangerous environment too dangerous for Gus T I would not could not be a resident there and not sure how often I would we have to visit sometime outside of hurricane season maybe anywho um see any major points before I check with listeners uh, either if we have any folks who are in the uh, Louisiana area and or if we have folks as I said if you have been watching television are they covering this or is this just oh yes we had the storm there it's terrible we'll get more reports no electricity no water yum 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 okay back to Afghanistan is that the you know the thought process around it we're not we're over that we're not on that right now we got other things we're got to go back and get the latest updates on COVID-19 or whatever else is happening in the world is that happening or is this you know major news people kind of sitting down and really focused on this and you know what are the details what can be done to help the people how long do we think before we start getting things back to normal is that the sense of what you're getting let us know if you're listening in 720-716-7300 the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate number again seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate. Right on. Not given our like comprehensive uh, coverage of our 2005 Katrina material, but I just was remembering Kimberly Rivers Roberts. She did the documentary uh, Trouble the Water. Uh, well, she's done several, but Trouble the Water specifically. Uh, she has some of the footage. She's New Orleanians. Uh, she lived through the storm and the flooding and terrorism afterwards and all that. Uh, she was also a guest on the program. Uh, her uh, documentary uh, is fantastic. You can check that out uh, as well and see some of the same things in terms of did they get help? What is Ms. What? The people who need the most help get the most help and get it on time not we're you know dragging our feet about it and that's what did that happen she has video footage right from the scene can talk in detail about what she experienced we talked to her uh in depth she gave lots of details was i don't i won't say happy to talk about but i mean she survived it you know she can speak to her experience but kimberly rivers roberts amongst many many others uh who we spoke with a lot of these folks lived in louisiana uh, uh, new orleans specifically or were pretty knowledgeable about the subject matter so 
back in the archives, lots and lots of material. Uh, at, at minimum, I think it will help you understand why this is not an anniversary. It is very, very dangerous being classified as black if you are in these type of environments. Craziness, chaos, even being armed. I think Donnell Harrington said that, like, man, I wish I had been armed. Maybe I wouldn't have been shot. Victims guaranteed qualified for sure for Mr. Harrington. I don't think having a firearm would help in that situation at all. It would just be, oh, my Lord, we have got an armed Negro because there were reports of that. Black people who had firearms and they're shooting at police officers or whatever it is. There were widespread reports of that. That just further riled up race soldiers to, oh, man, we are going to go get them now. They think they got some firepower. We're going to break out our AK-47s and assault rifles and all the rest of it. So victims guaranteed qualified. I certainly would not, you know, discourage a victim of racism from having something to protect themselves. But I mean, wow, you talk about fire power and especially in the context of oh this is some sort of emergency we got a uh, what is it we we are the cavalry right riding in horseback or tank or whatever it is our big SUVs boom 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 going down to put down some no count niggers like oof good luck with that you heard the white guy in welcome to New Orleans he said he was walking down the middle of the street with the 238s in his pocket like what told you Clint Eastwood Deuce, I dare you, looter, child raper, I dare you. I hope this doesn't happen with Hurricane Ida, but I mean, wow, there is a major body of record like, ee, I would evacuate, I would try and hightail it out of it. Be, I mean, talk about sundown town. If I had to go back and visit, like I live there and I got to go check on my property, what have you, you would have to have super codification about that. Like, man, where are we going? Let's be specific. Let's get it done in the daytime. Let's get out of here. I don't want to have no long conversations with Homeland Security, military personnel, race soldier, none of the above. Get in, do what we got to do and get out of here. Let's see if folks have thoughts to share. I have to say for the record as well, like Hurricane Katrina, uh, I was in Hawaii for the duration of Katrina, like for months. I was there before Hurricane Katrina started and months afterwards, I was still there. Like it is wild. I will, that will stick with me forever. That image of the flooding and destruction and white terrorism in all of its forms uh, to have all of that unfolding and to be talking about that every day, every day that was on the front page of the newspapers all over Hawaii. You have Hawaii is a very international city. So there are people who come to Hawaii from all over the world, Brazil and France and Canada, and the UK and Australia, and Jamaica and everywhere you can think of people. Everybody wants to go to Hawaii and surf and play on the beach and all that. Everyone in the world was talking about New Orleans, Katrina at that time. In fact, I even thinking about all this and looking at what's happening right now. I remember there was a guy from Iraq, no less, with his girlfriend, partner, whatever. We sat on the beach and I said, hey, fella, why are they raping babies down in the Superdome? Now, I was not. The cows didn't exist at this time and I wasn't following everything as closely because I was in Hawaii. I wasn't watching TV every day, but I even then thought there was something odd about do what? Like they're raping babies. Why would they be raping babies in flood water? 
so easy all over the world for people to believe that yes black males raping babies yes they're raping babies doesn't come out until months later maybe they were not raping babies whoops well they probably wanted to but I remember this was the conversation all over the island uh, in 2005 I just find it wild uh, that I was on an island for that experience at that time and then yesterday and even Saturday when Irie was on and she was telling us about it and yesterday I was kind of looking at the news and getting information as they say it struck landfall in Louisiana I was at the beach yesterday it's just like wow that's both times when these major catastrophic events uh, took place in the Gulf region Louisiana I have been at the beach and at the beach in the Pacific if that means anything it may not at all but uh, yeah at the beach Uh, let's see folks have any thoughts uh, if we have any folks in Louisiana area feel free let us know if you are safe uh, relatives as safe as can be given the circumstances uh, caller at 2262 2262 did you have commentary maybe hurt yes sir thank you Gus uh, tell everybody on the line uh, I was just going to say brought, uh, Gus you brought up a great point about the um the situation with displacement of black people. So I just want to say, yeah, you brought up a good point with that. And I was wondering how many black people it will displace this time. But that's all I want to say. Thank you, Gus. Much obliged. Who knows? And it's so early. It's hard to even tell because it's difficult to even get an assessment of how much damage was done, how many properties, how, you know, the extent of the damage to the properties and what have you. Um, they're even cautioning the reports that I saw uh, from New uh Yeah, uh, the Times Picking You, that's what it's called. NOLA.com, Times Picking You, that's the main local paper. Um, but they were encouraging um, evacuees, if that's what we want to call them. They were encouraging evacuees not to return because it's unsafe. Uh, like I said, some areas are flooded. Some areas have trees down. They said the entire city is without power. I've never heard of anything like that in my life. Uh, we're like a major city. We're talking in a, a city with a half million people and nobody has electricity like what? And no timetable for when this is going to be corrected. Nobody has water. I don't know if it's the whole city without water, but there are a number of regions where it's no water, no electricity. And then on top of that, some regions also no 911 services like, wow. And no, t- who knows? I, I, And since the schools are closed, like I said, that was on the front page. I just saw that a few literally minutes before we went live when the schools are down. And especially with everything, it's been so disruptive. I would suspect you're going to have parents. They want to get going to want to get situated so that they can get their child's uh, academic situation uh, firmed in some way as soon as possible. I don't think there are going to be too many parents given everything that's happened over the last I don't know, you, uh, two years, basically. I don't think they're going to be cool about, you know, just having their child hang out at home uh, with nothing this time. Like, it's not even virtual learning or whatever because all that shut down. Like, they're going to want to get situated. So that alone could cause some people to have to, you know, 
we're going to have to relocate, you know, we're going to have to, because that happened last time around. People had to relocate just for school purposes, at least for a year. And then you can try and come back. Some of the people were able to do that. Some people aren't. A lot of things can happen over the course of a year. And it might even be a good school system. Who wants to leave that? So easily could be another situation. And I mean, it's, it's always, uh, they talked about so-called gentrification that's in, uh, Gary Rivlin's book, Katrina after the flood. Uh, he has a term for it. Uh, yerps. I have to pull out my book to go through, but it was, uh, young white people basically moving into the city, taking up, they destroyed lots of, uh, public housing. So there were fewer rental places. The rent skyrocketed, uh, in new Orleans priced a lot of people out. Wages didn't go up for a lot of the jobs that black people had anyway. So they weren't, weren't able to afford continuing to be there. Lots of properties were not fixed. So as I said, there were just fewer places to stay. So depending on the damage, uh, it seems there might not be the same amount of widespread, widespread flooding that there was in 2005. So there might not be the same sort of, uh, enormous property destruction that water can do and especially water that sat for a long time so hopefully that won't be the case but uh yeah this could easily be another event that purge that was the word folks remember the article it was in the chicago tribune it was an editorial in fact 2015 it was for the so-called 10-year anniversary there was a white uh journalist and she wrote a report now she's in chicago but she was wishing for Hurricane Ida, a Katrina, and presumably presumably the levee failure to wash out all the filth, trash, trashy people, all of the above, to wash it all out so they could start fresh in Chicago and make it all nice and sparkly without the undesirable elements. Folks in New Orleans were furious, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, wish for this to happen? Do you know how much death and suffering we had to go through? You want to wish for this to happen like the the worthlessness of black lives but that was uh two, i had to go back to get her name specific we talked about that uh in detail uh on the tribune that's something to think about like in terms of purge it's regardless like i said with 2005 if they bombed the levy if they didn't bomb the levy same result we're gonna take advantage of this whether we uh instigated it or there was natural causes we're gonna use this to maximize white supremacy racism taking property closing school hey out and out just killing black people like we can get to all that other stuff too but i mean hey i never got to participate in just going out and killing me a negro i'm gonna go shoot a negro all manner they will take advantage so something to be mindful of uh let's see uh any other folks like i said if you've been watching television because I've not really been in front of a TV screen so I don't really know like how this is being projected uh, you know in terms of are you seeing black victimhood the way it was in 2005 or is that not the case uh, is this even being talked about at all like I said it seemed like the, the sense that I got from some people like whatever I don't care about I don't care about what's happening in Louisiana you know we got the Rona thing going on I'm concerned about what's happening in Afghanistan or you know other things we're not even concerned about that at all and I would submit that's not a total surprise given just, you know, everything with COVID-19 and people are mad about that and demonstrating about masks and all the rest of it, even with a city like new Orleans and all the gentrification and then them tying it to Katrina. I think a lot of people would still associate that city, those events with black people. This is some nigger type thing. 
if that's the case and you just had all this about unvaccinated the unvaccinated are messing up what did lieutenant governor patrick just say the unvaccinated negras causing problems for the rest of us and then they come with i know what did get a lot of attention the last week they come with the milk crate challenge they're unvaccinated and they're stealing milk crates the irresponsible like i said i have to see i'd have to sit in front of television to see what it looks like but if it's that and then you come and say and then we got these old unresponsible negras who looted last time and then the same thing happened and they still didn't have sense enough to leave you're too stupid enough to leave you're too stupid to get vaccinated you're too stupid you can't even leave milk crates sitting alone you go out and kill yourself with that well then forget you i could easily see where it's that sort of environment where it's just no sympathy uh for black victims at all like i said i know there were lots of white victims in mississippi louisiana other parts of the area in 2005 i am sure there are white victims this time around jefferson parish uh kentner some of the other uh, areas Uh, if you got a half million people with no power I'm sure there are lots of white people who have been greatly impacted by all of this that notwithstanding I am very sure they will have much better resources just like what we read in Gary Rivlin Katrina after the flood to take care of themselves and get extra generators or go hang out with family go get an Airbnb in Texas or some place slightly further north until all this has been resolved they get their insurance money go to Home Depot and make everything work out right which is exactly what Gary Rivlin said happened in Katrina in fact he said explicitly he said some parts of the white areas of Louisiana that flooded look better post Katrina than they did before no reason to doubt that at all I didn't hear that said about the black areas at all none of them Ninth Ward East New Orleans, New Orleans East, none of it. Maybe I just missed those reports, Uh, but I could easily see it being the type of thing where we don't have a whole lot of sympathy this time around. You all did it to yourselves. Plus, we, you know, everybody got to tighten their budget, got COVID and all that might be shutting down again in the winter. That's even something to think about, too. Like, geez, if this ends up being one of those like with 2005, like people were still displaced and intense. And that uh, documentary that I mentioned uh, by June Cross, black female, the old man in the storm. They were, it took like, I want to say almost like two years for them to get their house, you know, built back and everybody could come back. Like it was, it matter of fact, let me rewind even for that. It took like no, no hyperbole, no exaggeration. I'd have to go back to check for details, but I think it may have taken like six to nine months just for like basics, like electricity running water to some parts of New Orleans I'm thinking like ninth ward areas that were hit really hard like it would this was not like a month two months this was six months of just total you can even look uh, when the levees broke that Spike Lee's film that was published or uh, released one year he did one year from the storm. So that's like summer of 2006. You can look at the footage there and see like, Jesus, he's, he said it repeatedly in the documentary that, man, you could go back a year from the storm and some places look like the storm just happened yesterday. There was no pandemic at that time. So I mean, Jesus, like if you're talking then and you got a distance and mask on and all the rest of it. And plus they said this region was already a COVID hotspot. Like, Ooh, K 
catastrophic. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it's being discussed or if there's going to be the same type of outpouring as we saw in 2005. We shall have to see. Uh, any other folks uh, thoughts, observations from what they've uh, seen the first day or so uh, of all of this. Uh, if you've been watching television and got a sense of kind of how they're talking about these events on TV, let us know. 720-716-7300. The code five, six, four, nine, four, three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Definitely, as I said, if you are not informed, I guess we might have some people if you are too young, if you are a really, really young person when uh, Katrina and the levee failure happened and you didn't watch all that stuff live. You just kind of heard mumblings about it here and there. There is lots of footage, and I mean as much as you would like to watch. They have racks and racks uh, of documentaries and books, books galore, probably more books coming, books and books and books and books, uh, programs. It's just all kinds of kind. I think uh, the New Orleans Picayunes, New Orleans Times Picayune, they have uh, like an archive of a lot of their Hurricane Katrina content and the subsequent lawless, all of that easily available there's so many figures and michael eric dyson wrote a book like lots of material that's i I don't know if i put that up there with oj simpson the oj simpson trial but that is certainly uh one of the more important events over the past 50 probably 100 years uh in this area of the world as it relates to racism white supremacy even just as it relates to u.s history i'd say that's easily one of the more one of the top like 10 events this part of the world the last 100 years you should not be poorly informed um yeah just even small things like that when they minimize like oh the levy failure that was really the issue here white people having poorly constructed this property that was supposed to protect the city that was something they were talking a lot about uh this weekend as well like did they do their job with the levies we will find out is the city going to be safe that was a big point of conversation so just being informed so that you are not victim a lot of times when racist man racist woman when they come about to talk about these type of events and especially historical events uh, that involve racism white supremacy they'll leave out a lot of really important details they'll gloss over things they'll use incorrect words uh, even just the vigilante violence in all of this, like, man, A.C. Thompson's uh, report for the nation, that should be like at the forefront uh, because Malik Rahim and so many other black people were saying, hey, this was our experience. It was total terrorism. Again, black male. How was a black male found missing a head with charred remains in the back of a trunk? And mm, I don't know how he got there. You know, niggers. Dangerous environment, but there's a lot. There's there's documentary. You can see exactly what I'm talking about. Charred black corpse, missing head. You'll get all the information to fill in the details. No reason or. Yeah, in my opinion, uh, no reason that any person classified as black. If you live in the continental U.S., You should not be poorly informed uh, about Hurricane Katrina, the aftermath, all of that. 
Like that would be your little side project. All of us can have side projects and things that we just, this is my subject I'm trying to read on right now or study right now. That would be one. And I mean like extra mandatory. If you are a Louisiana resident, like you should be like PhD scholar on the 2005 hurricane and all that. Uh, by the time you are, you know, freshman in high school, like get out of here. Like you all are not coming around here, blame Ray Nagin for everything and say, he just messed us. So get out of here, which they may do. I don't know. Uh, he's been mentioned during all this shout to Ray Nagin uh, let's see uh, folks with any thoughts commentary uh, to share what they uh, have seen past 24 hours no it's you know still kind of early they were even what would I say they were waiting I guess that was the approach yesterday as I was kind of taking notes and why as I was watching the news events and they were talking about oh it's touching down damage that's being done in that uh, what have you and the folks that actually did stay behind that was what was uh, kind of jogging my memory as they say and making me remember uh, some of the different events like what I, I said with Cynthia McKinney I'll even confess now the cows didn't exist when I first heard Cynthia McKinney former congresswoman say that there were like 5,000 corp- uh, corpses so I didn't know nearly as much information was still learning I was thinking like, wow, that is crazy. Like, how would they hide 5,000 corpses? Not that I thought she was lying. Just why? It just sounded like unfathomable. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's... But, man, don't put anything past race soldiers. Why would I think 5,000... Killing 5,000 black people would be difficult? Particularly, she said, I suspect they could have been prisoners. Who would care if they went out and had killed it, Bill, let's say Bill Cosby is still in prison. Who cares? Geronimo Pratt. Who cares? Shoot him two times. She said, or in the report. Yeah. She said they only shot once. Give him two for me. Negros. Hmm. Round here, raping white woman. Hmm. Cynthia McKinney, six term Congresswoman, presidential candidate for the green party uh let's see person who dialed in zero seven four seven uh if you have commentary to share line should be open uh greetings gus the uh only thing i've seen is uh on a uh daily mail london website they had a drone showing uh a bunch of non-white people, quote-unquote, looting. Um, that, I don't, I don't have cable TV, so that's the only thing I've kind of seen. Was uh, which was interesting because the the drone they had, the camera drone, was looking down on the people, so they're looking up, which was kind of a new technology <laughs> to have these drones, uh, you know, circling around. But uh, that's the only thing I've seen. That was in New Orleans in the Ninth Ward. It looked like. I don't know if you said, of course, as you were concluding your commentary, sir, but that's what it sounded like when you said yeah. they were. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that was apropos. Yeah, of like, course. <laughs> Of course, the Ninth Ward. See, that's what I mean. This area is so coded as Negro. You don't have to tell people if they're if they are a white person, if they're let me see for that. I'd say if they're a white person, if they're over the age of like 25, you don't have to tell them any information. You can just tell them looting in Ninth Ward, Louisiana. They got it. 
They got it. Mm-hmm. 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 Chimping out. I knew it. I, Yes, sir. And of course, you know it looked it looked like the, the stores that were being looted was uh, one of these beauty supply stores. Of course, that's what the, <laughs> that was the only thing down there, and a uh, liquor store. And uh, those were the two things they were showing. They were bringing out cake. Look, it looked to me like cases of liquor that they were taking out of this. So uh, and the. It looked to me like mostly a salvage operation. These these places were completely destroyed. If anything, it was just a salvage, you know, type of thing. Heard all of that before. In fact, I just uh, reversed the order of it. I thought they were going to show the loot, the liquor store first. But they did the salon first, and then they went to the liquor store. I said, oh, okay, we got to get the liquor store in there. They're just going to get St. Ides and malt liquor. They didn't want water, or diapers, or milk, any of that. They just wanted Hennessy. You know, go get lit in the middle of a hurricane. That See, and they'll just come back. See, that's the niggers. See, they won't get vaccinated. They're stealing milk crates. Middle of a hurricane, what do they do? Go out and loot liquor. Niggers. And there was also another odd thing on uh, MSNBC, a news feed. There was this uh, uh, black, non-white reporter who was in Mississippi, and he was doing a uh, local shoot during the hurricane, and he was uh, going back and forth with the guy in the studio. And in the distance, this large white male stopped a pickup truck and just got out of the truck and started running towards the reporter. And, uh, you know, very aggressive. And then started yelling at him, be accurate with the news, be accurate with the news. And, you know, clearly the reporter was frightened. I mean, it was like totally bizarre. You know, it's out of the blue. Yeah. you know, very aggressive, very threatening, and uh, they cut away from it. But uh, that was the only other odd thing I saw. Kudos for not having cable TV, sir, cut down on some of the programming. Um, mm, <laughs> that I, I said it's just been so much of that uh, aggressive, hostile, violent behavior past two years Rona related or not yelling at you about a mask or vaccines or you know anything toilet paper you know all of that stuff it's just been so much of that and then uh, this on top of it uh, people would be stressed anyway if there was a storm and making sure you're alive and then you know did the house get blown away and everything else just as to and that's what I've seen that white people as they have been stressed and allegedly under anxiety it's just been more violent, hostile outbursts. And he says a non-white reporter like, man, would he have been acting that way if it had been a white uh, reporter sitting there giving the. You yeah, know, I mean, it was, I, I, it, you, you could have interpreted it. The guy was going to attack him. I mean, it, the way this guy was running up here, it looked like like a linebacker coming up on an NFL game. I mean, he was moving. 
Like, what? It, it, it was totally bizarre, but not surprising. Not surprising at all. Uh, let's see if we can. Oh, is that it? Let's see. Yeah, I'll see if we can uh, find that one to see what this looks like. But those type of public attacks, regular uh, within. And I said, like, hey, once they start coming out with the looting uh, reports, like back in 2005, because this is pretty similar to how they did things back then. Some, I guess some aspects of the playbook, you just continue the looting. That was where it started at looting. They're looting. They're looting. The loot. That was like, I think, looters and refugees. Those were like the main two words uh, of that whole experience. Looter, refugees. Looters, refugees. I, Re- Gary Rivlin said it should have been Crescent City Bridge. Black people walking to safety. Much like this report. I'm just trying to tell the news. And now I'm being attacked. Black people walking to safety. Crescent City Bridge. And they get stopped by armed law enforcement. There were black law officers with the group trying to cross Crescent City Bridge and they told all of them niggers get out of here niggers with a badge niggers with no badge get out of here go drown black lives matter but the looter now this is Fox News uh, not the local Fox affiliate put it that way uh, authorities in New, in New Orleans said that now they got it in quotes now always I don't know what that means because I mean that could mean that uh, Tim on the street uh, who's had five beers today reports that five niggers were seen looting and then Ted at the barbecue in the back said that he saw six coons I mean six black citizens looting so we've had two different reports of looting now I mean I guess that counts as two reports but I mean white people report Negro misconduct all the time. Negro crossing the street. He looks suspicious. I'll make a report. Negro breathing. Might be a rapist. I'll make a report. Authorities in New Orleans said there have been numerous, in quotes, reports of looting as the city grapples with the aftermath of Ida, which swept through the Louisiana coast as a Category 4 hurricane this weekend, causing massive power outages before weakening. The New Orleans Police Department, under a consent degree for many, many years and many, many beatings of black people, has deployed anti-looting teams. Good Lord, what is the the anti-looting teams? (laughs) Let me find out what's the anti-looting team. Is that like he said linebackers were out there? Let's see. Anti-looting teams across the city in an effort to protect property. Why not protect lives? Like, man, this is flood ravaged property that is hopefully insured. Like, anyway, police chief Sean Ferguson said Monday that several arrests relating to plundering have been made without elaborating further. I don't think they used plunderer. Uh, but that has like a, oh no, kind of pirate connotation, <laughs> like uh, plunderers. They plundered the Foot Locker and the liquor store. Let's see. This will not be. That's what they said before. Governor Kathleen Blanco. Those were her exact words. This will not be tolerated. Looters will be shot. Now, I don't know if uh, Police Chief Ferguson added the looters will be shot. 
but this will not be taught. That is verbatim. That's exactly what she said. God, former governor Blanco, we have made arrests. This is a state felony and we will be booking you accordingly. And then as stated, they have video of what looks like it could be black people looting the house of beauty hair salon. This is not a time to take opportunities of our valuable, vulnerable population right now. We all are vulnerable at this point. He said the city will work with the National Guard to implement measures to prevent looting and other destructive behavior as the city begins the recovery process. I submit some of those measures. They've already got a curfew. They're going to restrict access. Uh, If the power is out, especially if the sewer, like they said, water's out in a lot of places, they're going to have uh, the ability to say, yeah, you can't be here. Uh, You're going to have to act. You're going to have to exit. We'll have strict curfews and then they'll probably regulate access to certain areas. So you won't be able to get to stores and things of that nature. That's it. You don't even have to read the whole book, Katrina, after the flood. That's like the first chapter military checkpoints. If that's what they're doing, coordinating with National Guard. Like I said, this could be a very dangerous environment with lots of armed white men, some with a badge, some without. Uh, Let's see. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Mayor Latoya Cantrell said that while there was looting, it was not widespread before sending a stern message to anyone engaging in criminal behavior. My directive has been very clear. Lock them up. We will not tolerate it. There it is again. And we have not tolerated. She said so we so we have apprehended those individuals associated with the looting that we have been able to identify. And then they have some more pictures. Let's see now. Is this a liquor store? I can't really tell what this is. Some of this, as he said, does look like a salvage type thing. It looks like there was substantial damage uh, to some of these stores. And so, and as I said, (coughs) I suspect these stores would be insured. So it's not like this is lost uh, product. Oh, and they even have the drones. They have the drone footage of some of this as well. They didn't have this back in 2005. So I'm sure there'll be lots of this, uh, this time around of, uh, if there's Negro hooliganism to broadcast, uh, it'll be that. And then the flood damage or storm damage or whatever. But we didn't have this back in. We didn't have the uh, social media as it stands back in 2005 either. Uh, oh, man. The now they have another one. The moment looters realize a drone is watching them try to break into an ATM machine in burned down St. Claude Market near Wait for it. The lower ninth ward. Of course. Of course. More Negro. This is all they need is like maybe two more days of this. If they if this sort of content has been rolling today, one, maybe two more days. And oh, yeah. Armed white people rolling to New Orleans. We are going They probably already have that in, in, in convoy now. But armed white people. We are going to protect that property. We are going to keep things safe. We're not going to have a replay of 2005. Yeah, like that's why I said it would be lots of reasons. If you're a black person and you live in New Orleans or any of the areas where it got flooded, you can't stay and hang out in that area. It was it was black residents who stayed there. Their street didn't flood. And they talked about I literally could not walk off of my porch without having white men with guns pointed at my head. 
Something to think about for sure. Uh, let's see. The number again is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Looting. Uh, mm, mm, mm. Oh, yeah. See, now this is. Oh, the anti-looting patrol. Let me see that. Let me let me see what they got for anti-looting patrol really quick. Because that, that was a new one. I got so excited. I forgot about that. Let's see. Anti-looting patrol. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Uh, CPFS initiates anti-looting patrol. Let's see. This is Mother Jones. I'm seeing it pop up in when I was hoping to just get one where they give a, a detailed breakdown of what this means. Let's see. As Hurricane Ida strands thousands, the police would rather focus on anti-looting patrols. This is by Samantha Michaels from Mother Jones. As Hurricane Ida pummeled Louisiana on Sunday, blowing roofs off buildings and knocking out power to the entire city of New Orleans, hundreds of thousands of people were left stranded without air conditioning. That's another thing, too. Gus T is in Seattle. It was 60 degrees here today. No AC needed, but it was like broiling hot in 2005 uh, when Katrina hit. Apparently, it's pretty hot this time around, too. It is Louisiana. They are known for heat. Uh, no air conditioning and refrigeration in sweltering summer temperatures and humidity along the state's coast. Some residents remained trapped by floodwaters begging for rescue. I haven't seen those images, man. I hope this is not black people. Again, the storm, one of the strongest hurricanes to ever hit the United States has drawn comparisons to hurricane Katrina in 2005. But as the damage grew on Sunday, the new Orleans police department, rather than diverting all its resources to deliver food and water to vulnerable residents announced another priority, sending out anti looting officers to protect businesses and their capital. Police Superintendent Sean Ferguson argued that people would take advantage of the electricity outage for their own illegal gains. Without power, that creates opportunities for some, and we will not tolerate that. Tolerate, man. They are intolerant, man. Any other time, you can't get away with saying, uh, we're going to be tolerant. We're going to be tolerant. Super intolerant in New Orleans these days. Uh, Let's see. We will implement our anti-looting deployment to ensure the safety of our citizens. They didn't say anything about protecting citizens. They said property and capital. Just to emphasize the point in the middle of a natural disaster with elderly people stuck at home in dangerous heat as boats and helicopters scour the state to find people who fled to their attics and rooftops and cops seem less interested in helping residents access life-saving essentials than they do in criminalizing them. The city... I kicked my uh, microphone. Let's see. I'm still not. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, I kicked my microphone out and have not been able to get it corrected. So uh, I was reading from the report from Mother Jones, the anti-looting police. I'm so disgruntled because I'm messing up my audio as well. Hopefully I'll be able to figure it out 
new USB, I had the new USB card and then couldn't get it because my Amazon uh, address thing was all messed up. I would have this corrected and I would not have to be all careful with my headset, feeling like I'm going to knock it out and disrupt the audio connection. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can get my place back in the Mother Jones report. Uh, natural disaster, Elderman from the... The city is powerless and underwater. One lawyer with the Twitter handle Jane Esquire tweeted, and they're using their resources for resources for anti-looting. This is a poster example for defund the police, whatever that means. As of Monday, the New Orleans Police Department had already made several arrests for stealing. This is a state felony, Ferguson said at a Monday briefing, according to the Associated Press, and we will be booking you accordingly. He said his officers were working 12-hour shifts with Louisiana National Guard to prevent thefts. It's all hands on deck. Residents objected to the police's strategy. People's lives are in danger, Coa Bragg, a New Orleans-based editor at Scalawag, tweeted. And an anti-looting patrol, whatever dystopian bullshit that is, will put more lives, black lives in particular, in danger. The police department's responses bring back memories from the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina when the media and law enforcement propagated rumors about looting and crime, misinformation that ultimately hampered relief efforts and left people stranded without basic necessities for far too long. I'll stop there. Uh, see, I'm just wondering about my headset, but we will adjust accordingly, see if I can. All right. Uh, that's the Mother Jones report. Uh, if other folks have thoughts while we're getting it together. Uh, okay. Keep an eye and see if other folks have commentary, if they have seen more of the television coverage, if it's more of the looting, uh, or if maybe they're even showing white people. Maybe they're different, because I know they did get some criticism uh, in 2005, people saying that they, mm, I was going to say exclusively, almost exclusively showed Black victims, black people suffering, black people on their rooftops and that sort of thing, and just totally ignore that there were a lot of white people uh, who lost their houses and, you know, suffered pretty bad uh, in Mississippi and some of the other states, even though the recovery was not equal. Uh, but they did get some criticism for that. So I don't know if they've been showing. Maybe they have been showing white people in different parts of Louisiana, some of the other regions who are, you know, getting smacked around by the hurricane. Let us know that. Um, or what other commentary, if people are paying attention to this, uh, or if they're just focused on Afghanistan, COVID, other problems, things that are happening in the world. Uh, let's see. Other folks, hands up, commentary to share. Give folks another second or two trying to check just to see. I guess I could have watched or had the television on so I could kind of be seeing some of the news items that are rolling by uh, while we've been broadcasting, uh, see if they've added anything. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Okay, I'm just going to New York because they just this uh, report was just published since we pretty much went live. Uh, so this one, New Orleanians who stayed for Hurricane Ida, 
ponder next move in blackout as cleanup starts. Interesting phrasing. Mary Burton rode out Hurricane Ida praying inside her 2007 Lexus sedan with a COPD nebulizer for company. She was parking, she was, excuse me, she was parked in front of her darkened home on South Myro Street in Central City about 8 p.m. She said when the building across the street collapsed, the pink-sided corner spot once held a bar, then a barber shop, then a beauty salon, neighbors said, but had sat dormant since Hurricane Katrina 16 years ago. Burton, 65, said she considered parking beneath its awning for cover as Ida's pounding wind began rocking the car and she feared it would tip over. I wouldn't be living right here now today. I would have been smashed. I would have been dead, Burton said of that plan. She remained sitting in the car on Monday morning saying she had no money and about as many options. I'll be sitting in here all night again tonight. I got to try to hustle up some money to put gas in my car to keep my car running, she said. I'm just going to stick it out here until the lights come on. Now, I have no idea how long she could be waiting for the lights to come on. Like, they said it could be weeks. I'm saying from Hurricane Katrina, it was months. Across New Orleans, residents who stayed to hunker down for Ida crawled out from homes or cars Monday morning to find downed tree branches, lines, and other moderate hazards and monumental doubt about when power might return. The city largely escaped major damage from Ida's hurricane-force winds or from a severe deluge of rain that was forecast to overwhelm the city's antiquated and hobbled drainage pumping system. But the life-threatening collapse of the energy transmission system that powers up the city had Mayor Latoya Cantrell telling residents to evacuate it to stay gone. I saw that repeatedly, then telling folks that left not to come back for a variety of reasons. Many who remained took a wait-and-see approach Monday as they assessed the damage to their own property or got busy with rakes, brooms, or insurance calls. Let's see. Yeah, I'll stop there. Yeah, that's why it's like, man, it would really have to be exiting because, I mean, in that sort of environment, you're there in your car. You have limited gas. There's nobody around, for the most part, to help out if something does go does go bad, you need assistance or what have you, like, that is a super dangerous environment. National Guard, military, armed force, they're coming in to regulate. White people might even come in and tell you that you can't be here. That, uh, vacate the premises, you know. We don't have water. We don't have electricity. It's not safe for you to be here, giving you such and such time to get out of here. Then they, they did that. Last time around, they did make some people leave. Didn't have a choice to stay there. They made them vacate. Lots to process. Um, let's see. You know, I was trying to find the school report just to see. Uh, they said at least a week for the power to come back. Yeah, that's wishful thinking, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's more. They're saying facing lengthy water power outages. 
St. Charles Parish, no water, no power, no communications. They said phone lines were down a lot of places, too, so some people aren't going to have uh, phone abilities, uh, phone communications for some time as well. So, uh, oh, there it is. That's the one I was looking for, the school report. All right, New Orleans public schools closed indefinitely after Ida causes widespread power outages. New Orleans public schools will be closed indefinitely until the city can better gauge Hurricane Ida's impact. On Monday, New Orleans public schools said it was assessing damages to buildings after a storm that produced winds topping 100 miles per hour swept through the city. With the passing of another devastating hurricane, let's all do what we know how to do best, Henderson Lewis Jr., the New Orleans public school superintendent said. Let's rally around each other, embrace one another, distancing, and start that journey toward recovery. We are strong and we are resilient. Let's put our resolve and our compassion to work. The NOLA PS team and I will be there every step of the way for our school and our beloved community. I don't know. Uh, that all sounds well and good, but I mean indefinite. I don't think most parents would be very cool with their child being out of school indefinitely. It would be, man, we have got to cobble something together, new town, find some relatives, something, particularly, as I said, whatever, you know, the school situation looked like for the past year and a half, I'm sure that was not ideal either. So, yeah, sympathies to all of the young black scholars, even college students. I can't imagine if you're a freshman at Xavier that's in the New Orleans area down at LSU, I think that's in that area. If you're a, a college student, man, like you're supposed to be starting, like this week I think class would be starting up right about here. Like, man, like, are we going to class? Like, gee, what is this? Just tough all the way around. Uh, sympathies to everybody, children in particular. Like, wow, that is a very rough spot. And like I said, there's a lot of, of literature on the trauma of the black children uh, from 16 years ago and what they experienced, the school displacement, um, how they were treated going to other schools and all the rest of it, missing out on school, not having counseling and what have you to deal with everything that happened and just trying to pick up the pieces and move forward, like lots of really important literature. Uh, again, just reminding like, wow, children, they are super sensitive, like, really important to do all that we can to make sure that they're taken care of as best we can, victims of racism. Uh, let's see. Uh, any other folks with thoughts, observations? Uh, if we have any folks in the Louisiana area, feel free. And or if you have kind of seen the way that they have been talking about this on television, glad we've had some folks who have pointed out, yes, the looting talk has begun. Um, and we'll see anti-looting teams uh, being dispersed in New Orleans. We'll see uh, anything else. But if any other folks have commentary to share, feel free. Uh, if not, we'll give it uh, maybe another five minutes or so and then wrap up. I think this will, or it's not even, I think this will definitely uh, be something that we'll be paying attention to for the rest of the calendar year, probably long after that, uh, just seeing, you know, what the the cleanup looks like, how long all of this takes and and even from now, I think when in 2005, I think there were threats because hurricane season is not over. So there could be other storms. Uh, that was 
like a threat at times, I think, in 2005 that, you know, there might be another storm before they get fully cleaned up from this. So, yeah, it was. It was Hurricane Rita. I don't think that came and did a whole lot of damage, but I think that was that was close. So, yeah, we'll have to see all this uh, unfolds over the next few weeks and such. Um, eyes on the Louisiana area. Uh, Star 6-1, if other folks have comments here, give them a little bit more time. Orleans Parish. Interesting. That's Orleans Parish is the where the prison, uh Gavin Newsom, or not Gavin, I was thinking of thinking of the governor about to lose, I believe, Gavin S. Johnson, uh, who wrote Katrina's Prisoners. He was a guest on the program, but he was uh working in the Orleans Parish prison system. Remember that from so many years ago. Let's see. The looters can't believe it. Can't believe it. The only looting that I've seen doing like a recent search is looting in uh, New Orleans and looting in Afghanistan. I don't know if that means anything at all, but just searching for, for news reports that are popping up over the last week or so dealing with looting, New Orleans, Afghanistan. While we're checking in, uh, see if folks have any other comments that they want to get in before we get ready to wrap things up again. Uh, we will be here on Thursday with the book club, apropos of nothing, Woody Allen, uh, this will be, I believe, section number five. Uh, we're still kind of encroaching slowly on the halfway point uh, of the text. Uh, I I think we had someone who asked, you know, are you enjoying the book? I think this book is not very, uh, at least not very enjoyable. Uh, and I cannot, it's not in my top ten either, but I am learning. Uh, at no point in reading Woody Allen's book have I felt like uh, – I've not had the same feeling of nausea and revulsion that I did when reading uh, The Hate You Give or Nutricide or some of the other books that I, you know, greatly despised uh, through reading. Uh, it's not my favorite book, and we have not got to the juicy parts that I was waiting for, but I feel like I'm still learning quite a bit about white culture and, if anything, just paying attention to the way that he uses words, uh, his patterns, and the way that he's presenting his story and what have you. So. I am learning. Hopefully other folks are as well if you're with us in the book club, but that'll be Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific as we continue with uh, Mr. Woody Allen, and then we should be on Thursday, uh, not Thursday, Friday, Neutralizing Workplace Racism. Neutralizing Workplace Racism Thursday. We'll tune in share some strategies. Uh, incidentally, I would not talk about the storm, uh, the hurricane or what have you at work other than you know, that's terrible and what a tragedy. Other than that, I would not have anything to say about that. Uh, I, I feel like going back to Hurricane Katrina in 2005, no talking about that in the workplace that so easily uh, rolls into the looting. And uh, 2005, there was so much criticism, uh, really, of all the elected officials, but that's absolutely going to get to Ray Nagin, depending on where you are, uh, especially if you're closer to the Louisiana area and complaining about a black person in charge or what have you. 
I just would not. I would not open the door to any sort of dialogue about that. That's not work-related. If you all are not working in uh, you know, some sort of uh, TSA or something about meteorology or uh, you all study hurricanes or anything like that, you're not in Louisiana. Even if you are in Louisiana, I'm still not chatting about it. Family is safe, doing the best we can, moving forward. Like I'm not coming in to talk about all this and hear your uh, opinions on what you think about happening and why are the people behaving that way. Same thing we said for a whole lot of different things. I haven't really been paying attention to that. And then switching the conversation back to something that is constructive, work-related. Let's see. Uh, give one more check. See, neutralizing workplace racism again, Fridays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we'll check in and see how folks have been dealing with everything. I guess by this Friday, there should be more information about the vaccine. I have seen more, uh, looks like more businesses, more places will be requiring mandating vaccines, colleges, uh, employers, the like, uh, moving forward. No surprise there either, really. Uh, let's see. Uh, Miss C. Non-Clemson grad in South Carolina might be in the path of the storm. I don't know if they're going to get, you know, all the major impact and what have you that Louisiana got. Uh, it should be considerably weaker now, but I think South, some parts of South Carolina might be getting a little bit of rain or what have you from all of that. Uh, Miss C. Non-Clemson grad. Good evening, Gus and Cal's listeners. This is Miss C. Um, I'm calling in at the, the tail end of the broadcast, um, but it, September is like hurricane season and tropical storm season, and um, I, was, I was very young when Hurricane Katrina hit, but um, I think it would be very wise for people, if, you, if you've gone through a natural disaster like this, um, to relocate more inland on the continental U.S., um, because whether you believe in climate change or not, um, the the waters are rising and the natural disasters um, they're getting more intense. So if you if you have the opportunity and the resources to maybe relocate to some of the states that are um, more central centrally located versus on the coast, I know the coasts are so beautiful and. We live about four hours away from the coast. Um, we haven't gotten the rain yet, um, but I did check the weather today because my mother, she's driving from Indiana to Arkansas, and she was going to hit all, all of the storms. Um, but I just wanted to share a couple things um, because it is, it is uh, hurricane season, especially on the coast. Uh, and it's very important wherever you are um, to be prepared, like emergency preparedness, that will help you to counter, um, it's very constructive and it will help you to counter any natural disasters that you will face or some, some warnings that may come across, whether it be like a, um, a winter storm or tornado, a hurricane, flash floods, um, but you definitely want to, like, prepare in your home by gathering um, uh, supplies like water. Um, and you can, you can research this online for yourself, but gathering water, and they recommend two gallons of water per person per day. 
for at least three days for drinking, or maybe you need to brush your teeth, or if you need to like clean cuts and, and whatnot, or prepare food. And then also food, you know, having batteries, like extra sets of batteries and flashlights readily available, having all your documents together, like in plastic baggies. Um, so that could be like your driver's license, um, passport, social security card, birth certificates, because what typically happens is um, people, people will be trying to scramble to find all these things at the last minute. But if you put all of them like in a gallon size plastic Ziploc baggie and have that for your children, for your spouse, for anybody that lives in your house, then if something were to happen and you had to leave quickly, you have all the necessary documents to, um, to prove who you are. And this is very important in countering um, racism, white supremacy. Uh, another thing is having a, a first aid kit. Um, and if you have the opportunity to do um, search, search training, that would be really good because they, they go through and they, um, they, they teach you how to um, prepare yourself for emergencies such as fires or if, um, a, a building collapses on somebody and then you need to go in there and rescue rescue people and just a variety of different things like poison um, or if somebody is suffering from heat stroke or if they, they get extra cold. So if you have the opportunity to, to go through CERT training, it is very valuable information. And I think, I think the course was maybe like nine weeks um, and they have CERT training all over the United States. So it's C-E-R-T, um, non-Clemson grad. He went through it and he passed. I, I missed a couple, too many classes, like two, <laughs> one too many classes. And I, I wasn't able to get the full experience, but I learned a lot from it. Um, some other things that is very important. Um, if you do, you can get like generators or you can get um, the food that is, is like you can rehydrate the food. Um, so think of think of it like you're preparing to go on a camping trip. But all of this stuff um, nobody thinks about until it's too late. But if you can like stockpile stuff, if you have like a basement or um, an extra room in your house just to prepare yourself because you just never know what's going to happen. Um, things may shut down. And and with that, um, with the, not the anniversary of Katrina, but um, the, the annual recognition of this uh, 2005 hurricane and disaster, you know, it'd just be very good for you to take some time and start preparing now. Prepare for the worst, um, and then you can just live your life and be the smartest person in the room when something does happen. And with that, I'll mute mine. Much obliged, Missy in South Carolina. Excellent recommendations in terms of being prepared. Uh, I think we had some folks last year totally unrelated to hurricanes or what have you, but something happened where the electricity went out and people were talking about trying to get generators and all of that. And then there were problems with the generators where they were emitting like fumes, I think even gas, you know, to fuel it or 
the combustion, whatever from it, was toxifying the house. So those are not exactly resources or problems that you want to be having to deal with, like, live within the event, whatever the catastrophe is. Much better if you can nab that generator in advance. Give it a run, hour or two. Does it smoke? Does it smell bad? Is this, you know, emitting fumes that might have us all knocked unconscious in the house? Might be the type of thing to give a good test run in advance. Water, always an important one. Having what I think even with uh, Katrina in 2005, there were people who said that that is what foiled them. That's what kind of started them, you know, having a struggle and do all these things because they did not have uh, supplies stockpiled. They didn't have water. They didn't have food. Their house didn't blow away or flood, so they could have stayed at their residence, but they didn't have food and water. Now I got to go. That started from there. So having water, having food, I think folks have said, you know, at least it would sound like for New Orleans, that sort of thing. You might want to try and see if you can stockpile like a month's worth of supplies, maybe two weeks at the minimum for your family just in case. Excellent recommendations, in my opinion. And real talk, doesn't really matter. I know it's contentious in terms of some people thinking there's no such thing as climate change or whatever wacky title you want to throw on it, global warning, whatever. Uh, I know some people do not believe in that. I'm trying to just follow logic. It does seem like, as she said, the water levels are rising. I think many scientists, even some of them non-white, have said that would tend to increase the likelihood and intensity of these types of storms. Even if they didn't increase, I would want to move inward. Just as I said, I'm not having to. I'm not interested in being accused of being a looter every year. This is our annual summer rites of passage. Oh, you're out looting again. Off the white. Vigilantes are storming the neighborhood again. Oh, we got to, you know, fill up, throw all our documents in the car and get out of here before the levees, you know, are blown apart and, and we have 20 feet of water over our heads. I'm not interested in going through that every year. There seems, at least to me, enough. They said I think they've had three of these types of hurricanes in that region just this year. I'm cool. Like, uh, And even talking about moving, it seems like, it could be expensive to stay there. Like by the time you add up how many times you have to evacuate and how many times we got to repair the roof on the house after it's been blown away and all like, I'm good on all of that. The water is nice, provided it's not going to kill us every other month. We can go visit. Not that tied to any uh, piece of land. We can come back, hang out, talk about the good old days, but I would much rather live someplace where maybe we get a little bit of rain, can put our galoshes on, go outside, splash around, and then come back in. Not, man, we got to swim for our life. Like, come on, come on. No disrespect to anyone who lives in the Louisiana area. If you uh, love it, do it. Just be safe. Hope you have, you know, property that's not going to be in jeopardy. Uh, let's see. 
uh, other folks, any comments, observations they want to make sure they get in? Like I said, I think it'll be quite a bit to see with regards to the storm and all of this as we uh, move forward the next few weeks, months. Um, even if we have folks who are in that area, feel free um, right in and let us know which, oh, they said some of the levees did get topped. I was not really sure about that because they were saying it seemed in some areas the levees performed pretty well, and in other areas they did not perform as well. So it looks like they did get some substantial flooding in some areas. As I said, that would be another one. I'm not interested in living somewhere, and we got to hope that the flood walls are working this time and haven't eroded uh, over neglect or whatever it is. Man. Uh, let's see. Boil water advisories. Whew, man. Dangerous times uh, in Louisiana. Again, our thoughts and prayers uh, for folks that are down there. Get clear. Uh, I would not want to be hanging out in the city limits, uh, New Orleans, or some of the other surrounding areas where they're having a lot of intense problems. Get clear. Vacate the area if you can. Um, armed, dangerous white people. Uh, any other comments? Folks want to make sure they get in. Grand. Not an anniversary just been 16 years since Hurricane Katrina. All of that said, again, uh, we should be here for Thursday. Woody Allen's Apropos of Nothing, session number five, uh, Neutralizing Workplace Racism this Friday, both 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, uh, and then the compensatory call-in on Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific. Let us know if you have questions, observations. Uh, get, like I said, we have uh, any of our folks in the Louisiana area, feel free. Drop us a line. Let us know what your observations uh, and or experience has been. Uh, we can share it on the program. Uh, I'm sure folks would appreciate hearing some kind of firsthand observations of what is happening in the area. Uh, with that, we will wrap things up. I tried to post links uh, to lots of the content that we did on Hurricane Katrina. I think Missy just took the words out of my mouth. I'm sure we have some folks weren't too old when all this happened in 05, so, or they weren't paying attention or didn't have the same understanding of white supremacy racism. So might be informative to go back, check out some of the content, older programs, uh, documentaries that I mentioned. Front Lines PPS, Law and Disorder. Very important. You will get to see how in the world did we end up with a black male's corpse missing a head? Law and disorder. Only about an hour. You can watch it really quick and be done. Much obliged uh, for folks tuning in. Hope it was worthy of your Monday evening. Uh, again, safety, prayers, thoughts to the folks uh, in the Louisiana region, path of uh, Hurricane Ida. Stay safe, stay dry. Uh, vacate the area, at least for the time being, uh, if you can. Seems like it'll be a dangerous spot. No electricity, no water, 
vacate if you can. Sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. Don't want to be under the influence in that sort of area either. Like, wow, really compound problem. Uh, in addition to being sober, uh, if you're going out and about, uh, if you see someone hostile, you heard, you know, what was described in terms of the non-white reporter being, I don't know what you call it, attacked, having, you know, some random white person come up yelling at them. Uh, if you see someone out being rowdy in public, this is not the time to verbally confront. Lots of folks are armed, unstable, angry. Exit. Uh, you want to be getting distance uh, from people. You have no idea if that individual who's being hostile and loud. You don't know if he's armed. You don't need. You don't know if she has an armed entourage prepared to kill and or maim. If you didn't leave your residence ready to kill and die, exit. Uh, let's see. In addition to being sober, if you're going to be in a vehicle, if you're driving. You are buckled up every time, doing the small things that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers. That includes not being on the cell phone. Uh, we need all of our attention, and we're trying to minimize contact with the Mark Furmans of the known universe. That's it, Creator. We ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cal signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Listener-supported counter-racist radio Invest in the cows, no name-calling, no gossiping. Cow signing up. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, no brother. Problem. You're a victim. Right. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. Ah. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.